Yep. That's yep. right, folks. We got another interview for you. Music's going to start in a minute. Yeah. We'll show uh, you're going to see three people on the screen. There'll be me. You'll see me. There'll be Travis. Clint. Big C. And down below, there's going to be another fellow. He's a young guy. Just a lad. Just a lad. He, this guy won the Peter Mortel Holder of the Year Award last year. Try saying that twice fast. Yeah, I'm not going to. <laughs> we got current Razorback punter, Reed Bauer. That's right. It is game week, folks. Ooh. And we have the punter from the Razorbacks. We have a current player on the Big C and Big T podcast for an hour-long interview. The man threw a touchdown pass against Alabama. A jump pass, mind you. He's got more touchdown passes against Alabama than anyone that played quarterback during the Chad Morris era. <laughs> That's right. Think about that. That's right. <laughs> so, Reed Bauer, and look, y'all, this is a good guy. Good guy. Easy to root for, for sure. I wanted to say good kid. He's a senior. He's a good man. He's, he's a, man. a good man. He's uh, uh was so easy to work with to get him on here. And, man, I just – we had a great time talking to him. And so uh, uh, just enjoy this interview with Reed. And I promise you, you watch it. You're going to be rooting for the punter for the Razorbacks this year more than you've ever rooted for a punter at Arkansas ever before. That's my prediction. Don't you think, Clint? I, I think so. Very likable guy, easy to root for, and he's a lot of fun to talk to. And told us a lot of neat stuff. Yeah. A little behind-the-scenes stuff. We and talked, a little, we talked to Chad Moore, the difference between Chad Morris, Sam Pittman. And if you're wanting to get fired up for football this week against Cincinnati – Watch this podcast. Because it's Jim. Read Bauer. Go read Bauer. He gonna get your flash. You've ever seen a lame man walk? Ever heard a dumb man talk? Never seen a blind man see? I promise you a change is seen a canceled death, ever seen all the poor get fed, ever seen a prisoner set free, I promise you a change is Hey everybody, it's time for the Big C and Bigger T podcast. I'm your boy Bigger T. I got my man Big C, Clint Clark. Clinton, how are you? Yeah, I know you're gonna cut me off, but hey. You can tell Reed's clutch because he didn't flinch when you scare me every time. But Reed, yeah, Reed hey man, he, he's used to having eighty thousand people watching what he's doing on the field. 
So me yelling a little bit, it ain't no big deal to him. Nothing. He's like, go ahead, fat boy, yell all you want. I'm going to kick this 50 yards, and it's going to have a five-second hang time in your face. And then, folks, we have the punter for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Not only that, he was last year's holder of the year. Holder of the year. I didn't didn't know that existed, (laughs) but congratulations, Reed. Reed, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited. Well, and and we're going to get, we're going to do, we're going to get to kind of current team a little bit later, but I do have to ask. We're in game week, right? This is, you know, Cincinnati's Saturday. This is game week. The fans, we're we're giddy, man. We're we're fired up. We're ready. What's the sense of the team? Y'all ready to hit somebody different? Yeah, we are. We're definitely ready to get out on the field. Uh, it's the most ready that I've felt the team has ever been since I've been on the team, and and this is this is my fifth year, so that's saying something. See, Clint, I wanted I, I knew his answer was going to be to that question. Right. Yeah. I just wanted to get all of us Hog fans just giddy right from the start. <laughs> well, Reed, oh, you I, I, man, I'm down, so excited. You grew Wait. up down in uh, Magnolia, Texas, correct? Yep. Now, is that near? That's near Waco. No, well, there actually is a Magnolia near Waco, but the Magnolia where I'm from, it's about an hour north of Houston, okay. and probably. 45 minutes from College Station. So you're not from the Chip and Joy and the Gaines, Waco. No, that's what everybody thinks when I say it, though. (laughs) Well, everybody in South Arkansas makes a pilgrimage down to there. You know, (laughs) we got to go see Chip and Joy. Okay, whatever. Anyway, well, tell us about growing up in Texas. What was kind of life like there for you? And how did you get into football uh, growing up? Yeah, growing up in Texas, it was nice. Um, always revolved around being outside. I mean, didn't have to deal with snowstorms or blizzards or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I was always pretty big into sports, just playing around in the neighborhood. Actually, I didn't get into football till sixth grade. I kind of fell in love with it from there. I, I was big into baseball before, and I decided I wanted to go with football. I actually didn't even start punting till my junior year of high school. Uh, I was playing linebacker, and the punter on our team, he had he had left, and we hadn't thought about getting a replacement punter. And our coaches there were kind of like, who here can punt? And I was like, I can do it, even though I'd never done it. But uh, I ended up getting into it and falling, falling in love with it. Had you at least done it on the playground or anything like that? Just Yeah, I mean, I've, I've kicked yeah. it around, but never like, never like in, a, in a game or anything like that or even at practice. Okay. No, you wouldn't guess it by old Big T there. He was the kicker on the high school football team his junior year. Well, I, Reed, I didn't want you to be intimidated, but <laughs> yeah, it was it's a nineteen-yard field goal, Reed. <laughs> it was that's more than I can say. I don't, I don't have any field goals. And Reed, I actually set the record for most consecutive extra points. Do you know what the record was? Two, uh, six. <laughs> five before me and then it got broke the next year and it, like i think it the guy went straight to 12 or something <laughs> yeah still was, got to be a record holder it was kind of like you was though as 
we graduated a really good kicker and I, my mom would come get me late. She was a nurse. And so she picked me up late for practice and I would stay after and shag balls for the kicker the year before. Mm -hmm. And so I, and he showed me how to kick. And so I'd get out there and I got pretty good at it. I got consistent. It wasn't like yeah. I, I wasn't kicking no boomers, but I could kick extra points. And so then when it came around the next year, the coaches had seen me and they said, well, get out here and try it. I was probably set the record as the biggest kicker in the state, but that's not official. That's you look like Jared cool. Lorenzen back you can, here. you can claim it. That's a cool yeah, stuff. Right. Well, so you never kick uh, field goals or anything like that, huh? Uh, I did it in eighth grade, but I mean, we didn't really do too much. Like I never kicked like an actual field goal. I think I did a few extra points. Or you kick that's off. about it. Nope. I, I'm honestly terrible at kicking. I honestly think you'd have a, like both of y'all would have just as good of a chance to make a 30 yard field goal as I would <laughs> Well, no. strictly punting and holding for me. No, no, that, no that's good. Cause we did, we, when I, I walked on at Arkansas tech played four years down there. And I remember we had a kicker. Um, his name was Peter Stitchin. He was an all American from Poland. Um, how he wound up at Arkansas tech in Russellville. I have no idea, <laughs> <laughs> but he, um, we had his backup listed on the depth chart and they literally listed gopher two. <laughs> 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 yeah. I'm like, whoever's idea this one is clever. They didn't just leave it blank. They're like, no, or just backups go for two. Yeah. Always got to have a plan. Yeah. Even if it's that. So how did, uh, now you played some linebacker outside linebacker, correct? Yep. And, uh, I, I got, I kind of looked at your profile a little bit. You had, you had quite a few tackles. So yeah, I, I started my junior and senior year on varsity as a linebacker. Mm -hmm. uh, I really loved to do it. Yeah. It, was it was weird when I got to college and all I was doing was punting. It was kind of an, an adjustment my freshman year because I was I was used to doing all like indie uh, uh, inside run, seven on seven and all that. And now I'm just in the indoor working drops for a whole two hour practice. Yeah, I bet that is I bet that is quite an adjustment uh, doing that. Um, now, so how did your recruiting go? Were you, did you have quite a few people coming in? Did you, uh, yeah, were, um, kind my of recruiting, smart? my recruiting was pretty slow my junior year. Cause that was really the first year I did it. But, um, a lot of the recruiting comes from these camps that kickers and punters and snappers go to like Cole's kicking is what I did. Um, I actually won the underclassmen challenge, which was my second camp that I ever did. And so that got me ranked pretty high amongst Coles. And so once I had that video to send out, my recruiting kind of opened up. Um, uh, I started talking to Arkansas pretty early. Um, I knew it was only going to be a walk-on when I first got here, but I really liked the coach who was recruiting me. I liked everything about the state and, who and the city. Good? It was Tanner Burns who recruited me. Okay, I'm not familiar with him. Um, did you come in under Morris? I did. I was Morris's uh, first recruiting class. Okay. I started off getting recruited by the Bielema class, and then he got fired. And luckily, Tanner got retained through all of the staff turnover. Okay. And so he, he continued to recruit me. Good. Well, I'm happy he did. Because we were going to really good memories. <laughs> <laughs> so you came in, now you played your freshman year. Right. And then redshirted your sophomore year, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Was that just a decision made because of 
the way things were or was that an injury deal or what what was the reason on that yeah it, it was a weird deal um uh, I was fortunate enough to see the field my freshman year um it was really kind of a whirlwind because I was my third year ever punting mm. and then I went from two years punting in high school to starting in the SEC West for punting mm. um I think I got a little bit complacent that offseason and uh I ended up getting beat out by Sam Loy who uh he's a really talented punter and he beat right. me out that year and so that was when I was taught uh how I was talking about it was a hard adjustment from coming in playing linebacker, uh, linebacker to just being a specialist. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how to work it. And so uh, that sophomore year when I redshirted, I really learned how to work and kind of be a technician with my craft. But that says, a lot, I think that says a lot about you, Reed, is, you know, here you were, you started your freshman year, you know, you punted it in front of a gajillion people at some of these stadiums. And then you get beat out your sophomore year and, you know, you could have, whined about it and cried about it but no you went to work and you got better at it right it's paid off for you well and and two in in much the same way you didn't start out as much of a holder either did you no i i didn't work much holding i uh i did a little bit of holding for connor just to kind of work it a little bit but i mean you could you could ask him i was terrible at it i dropped snap missed my spot all the time and then Mm -hmm. When Coach Fountain came in, he really put an emphasis on having uh, punters be holders just because we're always working with the kickers. And I was terrible to start. Nobody wanted to use me. Uh, there was one day um, I was kicking or I was holding for Vito Cal- Calvaruso and I didn't get my hand out of the way fast enough. He kicked the ball and kicked straight through my finger and dislocated it. Oh. Well, I can tell you when I was kicking, I was left-footed too. And so I, thankfully we had a backup quarterback who was left-handed. And so uh, he was he was my holder. But when you see a guy my size coming at you to kick, <laughs> I kicked a lot of balls that were falling down as I was kicking them. <laughs> he had the prettiest straight. He, was a, he wasn't a soccer-style kicker. Yeah. He was straight, he was straight back. Yeah, I was straight That's what I did in eighth grade too, just yeah. toe poke it. Yeah, that was yeah. And then I didn't we didn't have a kicking shoe because it was a kick it well, we had a kicking shoe, but the kicking shoe we only had one and it was right footed. So oh, one of those steel toe ones. Yeah, the flat <laughs> they we we had one of those in our equipment room in high school. Yeah. They never let any of us use them though. Regular Nike cleat or whatever. But um so you go to kicking, you know, how how big of a school was Magnolia? Like what? Um, we were 5A, and uh, Texas went up to 6A. I think my graduating class was 430, maybe. So you were used to playing, you know, in front of some pretty good-sized crowds. Yeah, we. I, I mean, I think our seats held, like, 500 people uh, on the home sideline and probably, like, 200 on the away. Mm. Um, what is – oh, I'm sorry. I interrupt. Keep going. Oh, uh, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, what well, I mean, you played linebacker high school football 5A in Texas. I mean, there had to be some intimidating environments out there. What were some good What were some good ones that you went to that were like, you know? Um, we played in a, a KDISD stadium. We didn't play in that big, like, $20 million one that they built. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it was the one that they used to play at, which was still really nice. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was like, like playing on a college field. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you get to the SEC. What's what was your did you have a welcome to the SEC moment? Was there a time when you you got in the game, you got hit real hard, or you got a or something happened? You're like, okay, this is a whole new world. Yeah, actually, I got I got two from my uh, two from my freshman year. Uh, the first one was um, we were playing Auburn at Auburn, and the special teams coach who was there it was his first year there. He was at Missouri before, and he had been recruiting me to Missouri. But then he went to Auburn, and they didn't need a punter, so he stopped recruiting me. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really talked to him much, like, when he went to Auburn, but he blocked me twice that game. And I was on the team playing, and I got a text saying, welcome to the SEC. From him? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, I have back, so you, okay, be honest, you hate Auburn now? Yeah, I, I can't see him. We've not, I haven't beat him since I've been on the team. And as, as ironic as that is, my whole, uh, my whole side of my mom's family went to Auburn. So that was the team I grew up watching. And now I can't stand them. Oh, wow. Oh, that's crazy, man. That's Okay, so what's the other one? The other one, uh, we were playing Tulsa. And uh, they came, I got the punt off, but I got rocked on that one. And uh, I remember I, I went to the ground and I really wanted to get the flag because I didn't hit the punt good. And so I started like hitting my hand on the ground, like kind of like yelling a little bit to sell it. And I, they uh, threw the flag and I saw it and got up and ran off. But after that, refs started coming up to me on the sideline before games telling me not to flop. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, okay, do you get taught a little bit to flop if you get a chance? I mean, is that is that something you get kind of told, or is that no? We don't really get told that. Um, it's just something I kind of wanted to do to get the. No, it's got to be an instinct at that point. Just like yeah, in your competitive, I mean, you have them brush up against you and go down like you've been shot. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> if you can get fifteen yards for acting like you're hurt a little bit, you know. And hey, of course. I, we don't want to get into the Lane Kiffin territory where all your defensive linemen yeah. are passing out. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to fall over with a, with a cramp. Yeah. All of a sudden. Yeah. Um, well, man, so we got to talk about, you know, last season. It, it's, last season had to be one of your, your top. Not only did y'all have a great team. Mm-hmm. But you had two plays that's going to be on your highlight reel for the rest of your life, I'm sure. I mean, your great-grandkids are going to go on YouTube. But then <laughs> it'll probably just be something you just – like an eye implant or something. It's like YouTube. But they'll be able to look look up your two plays that are legendary. Um, I remember your first one. I remember the fake field goal at LSU. Mm-hmm. I was – I was in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we were going to go out that night, but your boy got food poisoning, <laughs> stuck in an Airbnb. So, fortunately, y'all gave me something to be happy about. Yeah. So, yeah, but- so t- tell about that. Let's talk about that one first. Just set that up for us and kind of what was going on there. And uh, uh, just, you know, that one you ran for it. Mm-hmm. So when you were – it yeah, wasn't so- – that one, uh, we had been working that fake for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much the whole season, and even into last season, we'd been working it. And 
I mean, that's, I've never really ran the ball. I never played offense, mm. but it's always something I've wanted to do. And that's really all like, I, I thought like we'd run it every single game. I'd, I'd text my parents before the game. I think we're going to run a fake this week. Yeah. Normally didn't happen, but that week it did happen. But uh, we got the call on the sideline and I was like, oh my God, we're, we're actually going to run it. And <laughs> we jog out. It was after a timeout. And um, we kind of waited to see if like the looks there and the look was there. And I looked up at Cam and shook his head and we we're like, let's do this. And then I got the ball and got up and I remember bouncing it out to the edge. And once I saw green grass, I couldn't feel my body at all. It was just like I was floating. And I had told myself, I'm so, I'm so mad at myself for this. I had told myself if I was going to run the ball that I wanted to throw a stiff arm at someone, but I, I looked at him and he was like, eight yards away, looked back, looked back again, and he was on me. But I, I wanted to take the hit, too, so I'm glad I at least got to do that. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, he, got, he got a pretty good lick on you, but, you know, um, Luke Jones made a great, great block on that play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the whole unit did their jobs perfectly. Uh, couldn't be more proud of that unit. Now, had there been other times when y'all had called it and you got out there and the defense was set up well against it and you had to call it off? No, they're, uh, that never happened. Okay. Well, and then now let's talk about – now, I told a couple people we were going to have you on the podcast, and the first thing they talked about was the jump pass. Mm hmm Okay. So tell us about that one. How to set it up for us. How did that, that play yeah. come about? So the jump pass was a play off of the LSU run. It was kind of the same blocking scheme – and then I was taking the same path downhill that I would if we were to run uh, that run play. Mm. And we had worked it a few days at practice, just kind of on air. Um, we had never ran at full speed. I wasn't really too accurate at first, but then the last couple of days, I, uh, I got the hang of it. Mm. But I remember I was pretty, uh, I was a lot more calm for that one when it got called, because I knew I was going to take as big of a shot as I did at LSU. Mm. Um, I just didn't know how it was going to look with Alabama defensive linemen jumping up in the air because we had never practiced it against like a live defense. Mm. But uh, we got the call same way that we did for the LSU one. Took my steps, jumped up. I didn't even see Kern. I just saw hands and I threw it kind of the side, not even looking. And I just see Kern bobble the ball and bring it in and run into the touchdown. And it didn't even settle in with me that I had thrown a touchdown until like five minutes after being on the sideline. <laughs> Is KJ jealous of your passer rating at all? Your touchdown to ratio? I'm sure he has to be a little bit. We haven't really talked about it too much. That's right. I'd, man, I'd be, I'd be rubbing it in that you have a completion percentage of 100. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we, we want KJ confident. Don't bring it up. Yeah. Yeah, don't bring him down. Yeah. Maybe after the season, you know. <laughs> after the season, when y'all are getting ready for the draft, you can say something. Right. You can say, yeah, sure, KJ's going gonna go high, but I have a better passer rating than him. For I'd bring that up in the combine too. I might declare as a quarterback. <laughs> hey, you know, why not? You know? Hey, well, you ever heard of Tom Tupa? Mm -mm. He was an old school uh punter. And he was also a, like he had played quarterback in college, so teams loved him because they can have he would be their third string. Yeah, 
that was back when a lot of teams had three quarterbacks on roster a lot of times in the NFL. Right. And so he would be their punter, but they could go with two quarterbacks because he would be their third string anyway. So you never know, man. Keep working on that throw. You never know. I'm sorry he's bringing up nonsense like that. Yeah, I, I, that's the old guy get off my lawn stuff, you know. So, so man, what what the night before a game, what, what's your – do you have a tradition? Is there anything you have to do when you get to the stadium? What are some of your uh, game day and pregame traditions that you have to do? Well, I guess I'll start with um, when we get to the team hotel. Uh, the first thing I do when I get to the team hotel, I've done it every single year I've traveled. The first thing I do is I turn on the TV and put it on MTV because it just plays ridiculousness 24-7. And that's the only consistent channel that you get at every single state is like MTV. And I'll just put that on as white noise. I won't even watch it half the time. But that's the first thing I do when I get in the room. That that makes sense. Uh, It kind of just sets it up to be like a familiar environment, whether it be we're at the team hotel here or at the hotel somewhere else. Yeah. Do you, do you ever turn it over there and you're like, Dad, gum it's Jersey Shore? <laughs> I've never ran into that. It has always been ridiculous. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Do you have, you got to eat certain something or? Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of just eat the same thing. Uh, nothing too weird. I just get the steaks, the fillets, um, the macaroni, and then some broccoli. Yeah. So, um, so they basically they have y'all stuff catered in the night before. Yeah, they do. Okay. Kind of like buffet style. We uh have a team dinner and then uh get up and serve ourselves. See, I played division two. We went to the Golden Corral. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of similar, but buffet style, maybe just a little better quality. Right, yeah. So which where did you go that had the best food? You know, because I had we had our old offensive commode offensive coordinator Arkansas Tech on a few weeks ago, Coach Ricono, and I brought up this pregame meal we had in Cleveland, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And only thing good about Cleveland, Mississippi, and we both like, oh wow, yeah, that place. So, is there any place where you got it? The steak was a little bit better. Anything For sure, ever? whenever whenever we get a Little Rock and play there, the food's always top notch. Really, yeah. Because we want to keep you playing there, I guess. Yeah, I like- love playing in Little Rock. That's one of my favorite games of the whole year. Really? That there's something about that stadium where there's it's just electric. I think it might be. I think my friend told me one time it's because it's like an all concrete stadium and it just makes the noise bounce off and amplify even more. Well, and it's that bowl. There's no gaps. Yeah. You know, like Razorback Stadium has those gaps in the corners a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the open end. The open end there, and and also. You're, I mean, the, you're right on them. I mean, you're mm-hmm. literally, the fans are standing over you almost. And well, and also, man, it's just, it's a different kind of people. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, Fayetteville's a little more the corporate kind of area. Yeah. The little Rock people like from South Arkansas, where I'm from, they can afford to go up there a little easier. They, yeah. Know, because they can't afford getting a hotel room up in Fayetteville or something like that. Yeah, prices are steep during football season. Yeah, and you got to get two nights. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of the hotels make you get two nights or whatever. And so, you know, I mean, it's you know, and they can you know, well, like for me, from Clint, your first football game was at Little Rock, right? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. My my first one was there. We used to go to the LSU game every year there. After uh, you know, we, a lot of the big games and everything. It's just, it is a special place. I can understand, you know, with all the stuff of why they're wanting to take it away as far as recruiting goes. They can't have recruits there. Yeah, and, and you know, I think this having the students there, I don't think is as big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's benefits to both sides of it. Uh, I'm more of a fan staying playing there. It's it's one of my favorite games of the whole year. No, that's, well, awesome. that's awesome to hear you say that, especially that they do a good job on the food. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. the people in Little Rock love having you all there. I mean, they they really do. I mean, that's especially as they're starting to take games away, they're more appreciative of when they do have you. Right. Well, that's why they want to put out good food and good you know make, yeah make it as good for you as possible now what <clears throat> what's the longest kick you've ever had if you had one that you just got a hold of and just in in game or out of game just whatever just what's the longest you've ever you've ever booted one i think probably 70 when i was training back home over covid uh, it was a pretty windy day. Had the wind at my back, and that thing just went. But in game, I think my career long sixty three. I think for me, I had sixty. I think I had a sixty two last year against Georgia Southern, and then the year before that, I had a sixty three against Ole Miss. And then <laughs> my freshman year is actually at War Memorial. Um, I had a sixty three yard one against Ole Miss again, but. That one I was supposed to be punting at left, and I, I shanked it right. It was a raining game, mm. and uh, there was like a minute and a half left, and I, I miss hit it right really bad, but it just got a really good roll and ended up dying down on the three. Wow. Unfortunately, they took the ball and ran two-minute drill really well and scored and uh, won that game. But uh, Now, <clears throat> one thing I, I, I got to say about you is – you're consistent and you, you know, you're, you don't necessarily get a lot of those booming kicks all the time, but mm-hmm. you're really good. Of, your, your coverage is there for you. You're, you're doing, you do a good job of working with your coverage to get a, get a ball to where they can get down and make the play. Cause we, we haven't given up a lot of bad returns, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't feel like, or I don't, I mean, I, yeah, kind, kind of the way I look at that is there's certain scenarios where you can let it fly and mm-hmm. uh, kick it far. And I, it's kind of just according to like field position where the punter has the advantage or the returner has the advantage. But I think a big key to just not giving up returns is making sure your hang time matches your distance and keeping it out of the middle of the field. The more that you can put outside by the numbers, it really only gives them a one way go. They got to take it back to the field. But if you put it in the middle, then that's that's where you see a lot of the big returns is because they can go right or left. Yeah. Now, when you played under Morris, did you have a y'all y'all didn't really have a per se a per se special teams coordinator, did you? Um, no, not like the way Fountain is. Barry Lunny was the special teams coordinator. He was also the tight ends coach, and then kind of our coach was Tanner Burns and Daniel DePrado the second year. And they were special teams analysts, but they were kind of the ones who ran the show. Right. 
So how, how has things changed for the special teams unit from Morris to Pittman? Well, now we have Coach Fountain. Um, he's a special teams coordinator. Uh, that's all he does is special teams. He's our coach. Um, I, I think it's pretty good having a special teams coordinator where that's his sole focus is the special teams. And uh, he's a really great mind for special teams. Um, some of the stuff, schemes that we've done on punt, punt return, uh, kickoff and kickoff return, and then obviously the fakes too. Right. So you'd say that's definitely helped your career having Scott Fountain as special teams coordinator. For sure. And just the way I, uh, his professionalism has been, uh, I think that's where I saw um, the biggest leap in my punting is just he's a really strict coach and really hard on us, but he keeps us working the whole practice. A lot of times it's easy for specialists to kind of just drift off during practice if you're not staying uh, right, yeah. on a strict schedule. Because, I mean, practices are two hours a lot of the times and really can't punt for two hours straight, you got to do the little things, whether it be drops, catching molds, um, partner pass, just stuff like that. Well, that's, that's, that's pretty well, cool. and, that, and that tells you, <clears throat> I think it says something to you as the player, whenever your leadership, your, your head coach says that we're going to assign someone to special teams. So when he says special teams are important, he's putting his money where his mouth is, you know, you know, right. he's putting, he's putting, that tells you, Oh, wow. He does think it's serious. He brought in this guy, not only, not only someone to focus on that, but someone who is a very experienced coach. Right. Yeah. Special, special teams are huge. It's a third of the game in terms of yardage. It's the biggest exchange of yardage in the game. For sure. What do you think about these teams that, uh, well, you know, there was a co famous coach in Little Rock at PA that, you know, he famous for not punting. And oh, yeah. Onside kicks. Um, you watched any of their of those games or anything? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I wouldn't want to go to a school like that. Yeah. Uh, kind of put me, kind of put me out of saying, business. If you just over to Arkansas, you'd be in that portal like yeah. that. Yeah. I, I don't really think I, I can be in a position to be a fan of the game. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess there's certain situations where it works. Um, I think I, it, it really just depends on the team. Like, I mean, if you got a good defense, why not do a surprise on side once a game? Mm. I mean, you have a better, you have a better chance of getting a surprise on side than a conventional one. If you can steal possession and uh, get the ball, I mean, it's a really big momentum shift, but it's all about trusting your defense. If you're going to do something like that, I don't, I don't think you can do it every time. Yeah. I think you get up it and be a little more ballsy with it, but yeah. it's yeah. such a risk, especially if you're in college. Like, because if it doesn't work, then you're gone. Oh yeah. Well, and and two, I think something we see out of Pittman is you know Pittman's a little more apt to go on fourth down, mm -hmm. coaches. But I like it when he does it. I mean, it seems like it. You know, seems like he makes good makes that call at a good time. Yeah, the, those are su such huge calls because when you get them, it's deflating for the other team because you think you have them. They, right. I mean, you still got one more down, and then you convert, string along four more plays, mm -hmm. kind of takes some wind out of their sails, keeping the ball away from them, keeping yeah. them on the bench, just watching a, watching an offense march down the field. Yeah. Now, now Reed, 
obviously uh, success has changed a great deal under Pittman. Um, and I, I know we got another season coming up and you're only as good as your last game and all that. But at what point, because we saw it immediately, I saw it the first half of that Georgia game, like thing, things were different. At what point did you know, okay, we, we're turning this thing around? At what point, what, what was the point for you where you're like, okay, this, this is completely different? I'd say as soon as, I, as, soon as the staff got there, um, the culture immediately shifted because when we, when we were playing under Morris, it was, it was really kind of a dark time. Like it wasn't fun not winning any SEC games. We were just so ready for a shift in culture. And uh, Pittman came in and started making really great hires. Just, I think, getting people that wanted to be there, like, like for a long time. Um, everybody on the staff is really personable. They want to get to know everybody on the team, mm -hmm. um, uh, including the specialists, which, which speaks a lot of volumes. Yeah. What would you say – um, cause, cause look, there was a lot of things just from the outside looking in as a fan, listening to the press conferences, listening to the speeches and things like that. I liked a lot of stuff that Chad Morris was saying. Yeah. It made sense to me as a football guy. Okay. You know, you know, he would, and, and I catch Pittman saying some of the same things. Okay, like yeah. he's talking a lot this year about we have a standard, right? You mm -hmm. know, well, that was the big thing for for uh, I can't even remember his name, Chad Morris. You know, he would say we have a standard, and the standard's the best. Yeah. Okay. So two guys that are saying the same thing. What would you say made one of them sink in and one of them? didn't sink in for the team just the you think that I, I think guys they were Pittman lives it I mean he embraces it and embodies it mm. like that's who he is like it's not like it's not like he was reading out, out of a book like that was straight from his heart like it's what he firmly believes like and there's just like nothing in between that and the players to where like it's not like behind a veil or anything like we see it every single day with him and the rest of the staff well, and, and I'm 46 years old. I'm, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm saying, like, I'm 46 years old, Reed, so I refer to anybody your age as kids. Um, even though you're a grown man, you are an adult. <laughs> we do agree. But, but kids these days, I mean, they can see sincerity. Mm -hmm. I think you can feel it when Pittman talks that the man means what he says. Yeah, it goes a long way. Yeah, he, and and to me, and that, and that was one of the things with Morris, I think we kind of – toward the end, I kind of got frustrated because I would listen to those press conferences and I felt like I was listening to a guy running for Congress because they wasn't saying anything. Mm -hmm. was, yeah. And, and and I know he was in a difficult situation because the product on the field wasn't good at the time. But we, I think everybody knew that there was better players on that field than what was the prod, end product was. Right. And Pittman proved that when he came in, for sure. Right. Now, what do you see? Okay, so now you've been there. You've seen the transition from Morris to Pittman. You've seen a, a whole transition of culture. Now, that's advancing, okay? This year, what's the difference in this team this year 
compared to last year that you see? Yeah, I mean, it feels it feels really special this year. Um, going through this offseason, it's you think the offseasons get easier, like the more acclimated you get. Mm. I don't know how the freshmen do it now. I mean, if I were to come in in this one, I, I don't know if I could do it. They just get harder and harder. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this offseason really pulled the team close together, just going through those tough workouts. Um, and being on a football team, it's one of the biggest teams that you can be on in sports. Uh, you have to count on so many people. And going through those tough workouts, you really learn on how to count on uh, each and one of your brothers because it's it's a family. <clears throat> and you got you to be a family if you want to be a successful team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, speaking of those off-season workouts, how intense is Coach Walker? He's intense. <laughs> it's a real <laughs> deal. And a lot of people ask uh, if the specialists get any any like kind of leeway if we do our own little separate thing. Oh, they're just kidding. we're right there. We're right there in the fire. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I guarantee you, y'all, y'all are out there. No, who's the most One intense coach we have? From you know, we don't we don't get to hear a lot from him. They kind of hide him away in that dungeon where he's working all y'all out or something. Well, yeah, Coach Walker is strictly about business. I mean, I mean, when it's the off season, like you know, he's he's the head honcho in, in the off season. Uh, he really brings us close together. It's it's all about us when we're in there. Mm. That's great. So, would you say he's the most intense coach y'all have, or is there another one that's pretty intense too? No, it's it's definitely Coach Walker. <laughs> <laughs> you you could tell. Well, I love him. I love him for that. I mean, yeah, he he. He demands nothing but the best. I mean, he pulls out excellence and everybody on the team. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've listened. I know you said you listened to one podcast of ours, mm-hmm. but if you watched some of them, like he he was my man crush. I have a man crush on Coach Walker. Because <laughs> I gave him the MVP for the one game because you could tell y'all's conditioning was just won that game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm brain farting on which game it is, but I gave it to him because it was like, we outlasted that. It may have been the Rice game. Mm-hmm. I felt like in the second half, y'all really y'all really took off that second half, and it's clear he was the deeper team and more well-conditioned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Clint's in his fan club for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Tell him I'm sorry about the creepy letters. I'm just – I don't know what's going on. Well, and who are you – you know, we, we talked about last week, that, you know, some players that we think that uh, we're going to see some, you know, that at the end of the year, people are going to look and say, wow, that surprises me. They, they, they had a great year. We, we didn't see them coming that, you know, you know, what I'm talking about that kind of thing where kind of like underdogs strike a breakout. Yeah. Or people yeah. that aren't necessarily getting the publicity right now, but once they get on the field, everyone, they're going to end up, making some noise and people are going to say, wow, you know, kind of like say Trey Knox did last year toward the end of the season, you know, well, I don't, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could tip my cap to just one player. I, I think, I think by the end of the year, I think uh, the O line and the D line are going to be recognized just as a unit as a whole. Like uh, I think, I think we probably have one of the best online in the country. I mean, we got some dogs on the O-line and on the D-line. They get after it every day, and they've gotten really good. Now, the O-line is one that I think everybody feels – already kind of feels pretty good about. 
Mm-hmm. And there was a couple guys that we mentioned on the D line that we think that are the ones that people are going to be talking about. Like I think t- everything I hear about Terry Hampton, which he's from down here close to where I live in El Dorado. And so I got to watch him play in high school. Yeah. Um, but, and I followed him a little bit while he was at Arkansas state, you know, he would, while he was at Arkansas state, he was, he was the type of guy that they were in that level. They were game planning against, you know, they, they were right everywhere he was, they knew where he was. And I think that's going to transition well. Yeah. To, and from what I hear, it is, you know, when he's, so yeah, even the offensive linemen are talking good about him. What have you yeah, said? It's, it's, it's tough to just pinpoint one guy out. Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, just because the D line and O line, they play as like their own little unit. Right. So, I mean, anybody on one of those units can shine, but yeah, he's, he's been getting after it. He looks really good. So basically, what you're saying is inside drill's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I, I'll say I wish I got to watch more of it. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I man, no, I don't miss that from my playing days. Now, another thing that I don't everyone was kind of worried about, and his the I, and the talk has changed on them is those receivers. And it sounds yeah. like it's like you're talking about with offensive line, it's not going to be, you know, everyone's like, well, who's going to replace Burks? Well, what we're hearing is it's not going to be one person replacing Burks. There's five or six guys ready to step up. Yeah, we have an extremely talented receiver room. Um, I mean, if I were a coach, I'd have a, I, I'd be running them in platoon after platoon. I mean, everybody, everybody in that room can go out and produce. Well, and who was it? There was a someone with a a female reporter with. Is Alyssa Lang? Was that who it was? And said they tweeted out said no one needs to worry about Arkansas's receivers. I guess you got to watch a practice or something. And yeah, I, I can confirm that. Yeah. So that that's man, I'm telling you, you know, we we talk about, you know, we talk about y'all every week just about. I mean, you know, we talk about basketball and baseball and everything else too, but and stupid stuff sometimes. But <laughs> you know, we we've talked a lot about you know, well, who's going to step up, you know, and, you know, who's going to be the, you know, is it going to be Hazelwood? Is it going to be, and I tell you, hearing that stuff like that, uh, that gets us fans fired up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's who's stepping up. It's, I'd say it's the team stepping up. We're, Mm -hmm. we're stepping up to a new level of a new level of play. I think where we're at mentally and physically. No, that, no, that's great to hear. Now, now, obviously, you're over there warming up, kicking, you know, like, okay, it's second and second and 20. You just got a holding call. Like, I probably ought to go loosen up the old leg. Who's got the best hecklers? Because I know you hear it over there. Which university has the best hecklers? I love this. I love this question. <laughs> Y'all aren't going to believe me who, who has the best hecklers. It was my freshman year, and we played at Colorado State. Oh, good. I have, I have to tip my cap to that student section. They had to have been the best hecklers because that was actually my first start ever yeah. uh, my freshman year. And I mean, they looked us up pregame, sitting on the bench. They knew who wasn't going to play, like calling them bench warmers early on. They were there early, starting to chirp. But I, I remember I was warming up in the net, and 
I got a tap on my shoulder and like normally like I'll, I'll get tapped like uh, the sideline officers and like there's a lot of people over there. Like sometimes it'd be like scoot over a little bit, something like that. I turn around and it's it's the Colorado State mascot. And I, I was really confused. I'm warming up to go out and punt. And he, he points at me and then looks at the student section and goes, and they're all like, boo, you suck. Like, <laughs> and I'm looking around like for like somebody, I'm like, is he allowed to touch me? Like I'm, I'm, I'm warming up here. <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to punch a mascot. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't want to be the guy. You, I mean, here's the thing. If you did kick the mascot, I guarantee you, you'd make Sports Center. That's right. I think I would have been in the right, but yeah, I was, I was just too confused on what to do. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you don't know what to do when a large mascot is tapping you on the shoulder. That's a, that's definitely. Now, when you go out and it's field goal time, you're going out to hold. Is there any communication between you and Cam, or do you just go out and do your job, leave him alone, let him? do his mental thing or is there any kind of talk with y'all do you try to pump it you know do you try to pump it yeah yeah just like a little pump up um especially if it's like coming out after like a timeout like we'll talk about it a little bit uh sometimes sometimes if it's windy i like to honestly treat it like i'm his caddy a little bit uh wind's coming in seven degrees east might want to play it off off the right upright pick up the grass and taste it real quick yeah (laughs) do this this is a sweet Bermuda. <laughs> now, you've been holding long enough. Can you tell, like, as soon as his leg goes through, if it's good or not? Yeah, I mean, I can I can just, like, since I'm so close to the ball, I can kind of just tell by the sound, mm. like, whether he hits it a little bit off of his toe or if he, like, really thumps it. Well, you so, know. <laughs> you, did you uh, know immediately that LSU kick and gut was good? Oh, I knew, I knew before we were going out there. Or as we were running out there, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even need to worry about that one. Yeah, that's good. Well, you know, when uh, the, honestly, a lot of a lot of times, like Cam's just such a consistent kicker. When whenever he does miss, I ask him. I'm like, did I do something wrong? Because I feel like it's on me. And he's like, no, like I did this. I'm like, okay, just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the motivational coach we had in high school. We were playing a team, and it was for the lead in the conference. And I never kicked field goals. I just kicked extra points. But we were on the left hash, and it was going to be a 23-yard field goal. And my coach called me over, and he grabbed me by the face mask, (laughs) and he said, can you make this? I said, yes, sir. (laughs) If you don't, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Did you make it? Well, I guess you're still here, so Listen, you made it. I kicked it underneath the ball, and it knuckled. And when I tell you it had arc on it, dude, it there were behind the goalpost, about eight to ten yards behind the goalpost, there was a fence. It landed in between the fence and the goalpost. That's how straight up and down it was, <laughs> like a sand wedge. <laughs> But it went in. I made it. So make a make some make. I'll I'll always tell the kickers like, because sometimes they know when they hit a good ball and when they hit a bad ball. And sometimes the bad balls go in, and they'll be mad about it. And I'm like, make some make. It's on the stat sheet as one for one. Yeah, that's right. 
Now, now tell Cam to be careful. Travis may explore if he's got any eligibility left. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'll, I'll tell him to watch yeah. out. Yeah. Tell him. Like, That's right. <laughs> watch out, buddy. Uh, now, of course, here's the deal. They they just brought in another punter, a guy mm-hmm. from, from down under. Yep. How's that been going? He sounds like he's got a big leg. Yeah, he's awesome. Extremely talented. Uh, me and him have built a really good relationship. Um, it's been nothing, nothing short of amazing. I mean, uh, we kind of clicked right when he came in, and I've been able to kind of take him under and and teach him all the stuff I know. Um, I've had a lot of experience, and it's really been nice to kind of give back and talk about it and and teach teach a younger guy who I think is going to have an extremely successful career here. So we're in good hands once you finish up this year, right? For sure. Good, good. We like we like to know those specialists. We, you know, Arkansas has got a pretty good tradition of some good punters and kickers through the years. I, you know, I don't know if you, you ever look back at some of them, but we had a we've yeah, had, we've had some pretty good ones. Do you ever see Jacob Skinner? You ever, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I wish somebody got a picture of it to blow it up. I did that in the bowl game because I had seen that picture like a week before. I'm like, I'm going to do that. I hope he's watching and I hope he goes, that's what I do. Yeah. That's, that's cool, man. That's, that's a cool little nod to the old school where, well, Mm -hmm. he's not old school. He's, he's pretty, still pretty young guy, I guess, but. Well, man, so what's your goals for this year? What do you want to see at the end of the year? What do you want to see that Reed Bauer as has done as a hog yeah i mean when my time's done being a hog i just i want to be remembered for being uh, a great teammate uh someone who loved to be on this team mm-hmm. someone who ga- came in as a walk-on um didn't quit mm-hmm. earned a scholarship and had a successful career uh i just want to know let this fan base know by like when i'm done that uh, I really enjoyed my time as a hog, and being a Razorback meant everything to me. Now, growing up, who were you a fan of growing up? Did you root for? I, I rooted for Auburn. Oh, that's right, for Auburn. Yeah, that's, that's right. You I couldn't. I can never uh, wrap my head around rooting for A and M or Texas. It's just kind of like everybody that I went to school with rooted for him. And I mean, my mom went to Auburn and my dad went to Michigan State and I kind of just gravitated a little bit towards Auburn. Gotcha. Yeah, we didn't want everybody hating on you. I was going to be sure, like, hey, his family went to Auburn. He just didn't like Auburn. What's your major? Uh, I'm a marketing major with an information systems minor. So what do you want to do with that when you, if if you, if Mm -hmm. let's say the NFL thing, once it's over. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to get into medical device sales. Um, I mean, I've kind of just been focusing a lot on football and school, but that's kind of where my head's at now. Uh, still have a lot of options to explore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your senior year and all that. I mean, it's because yeah, you don't get this time back. One day you'll be 46 and co-host of a mediocre podcast. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like it's living the dream. <laughs> oh, it ain't too bad. It ain't too bad. Hey, you, at least you can have a cool logo of yourself on your wall if you if you spend the 38 bucks for it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have to get the guy who made that 
after this is done. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, uh, Reed, we we do appreciate you, man, and we are rooting for you. And like Clint said, we want you to enjoy. Uh, you know, we we're we're hog fans, but um, you know, we also are fans because we we want to have a team we're proud of. We want to have players we're proud of, and and uh, you've definitely shown that in the way you've carried yourself as a hog and uh, the way you've stayed consistent on the field and. And man, you've given us some memories, you know, where everyone, you know, we're going to forget that we lost that Alabama game, but we'll remember that jump pass. And then man, I, w- I wish we would have won that one. Oh man. If, if I wish we would have won, won that one. Oh, if we would have won it, there would be a statue of you running that jump, throwing that <laughs> jump pass outside of. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> man, I'm that'd looking awesome. forward. To, yeah. We're looking forward to this season so much. I, I really, I don't, I don't. I don't know. There's a couple of weeks ago we did our game by game tradition, and I've got a lot of faith in you guys. That's mm-hmm. right. And uh, yeah, yeah, Clint, Clint, not no pressure, but Clint went undefeated. Good goals. <laughs> That's right, oh, man. That's the plan. Now, of course, we we're fans. We can look ahead. You got to look at Cincinnati. Yeah, and they're yeah. gonna be a, they're gonna be a tough first game, but uh, once again. If y'all, you know, y'all end up doing well with this schedule, you've proven you're one of the best teams in the nation. And, right. And yeah, you know, we just got to take it day by day, practice okay. by practice, game by game. That's exactly right. And the fun thing is, you're on for the you're along for the ride, and we're going with you. That's right. Well, of course, we'll be sitting in our big chairs, uh, drinking our uh, core water, and. Uh, or other <laughs> water and rooting you on, man. Now, Reed, I am watching. I'm, I'm watching this the Cincinnati game from Las Vegas. I'm going back this weekend, so I need you to make another big play for me, and I'm going to try to avoid, avoid the food poisoning. <laughs> I'm only eating at restaurants yeah, by there. Gordon Ramsay. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Reed, man, we seriously do appreciate you, buddy, and uh. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have you on another time. We can uh, get kind of an update, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna stop recording in just a second. I want you to stay on for just a minute, okay? So yeah, yeah, I'll, stop, I'll stop recording, but I, I wanted to uh, say some more to you. But um, folks, thanks for joining us today. You can check us out on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on TuneIn Radio, on iHeartRadio, MySpace, <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> Travis's farmers only account. Uh, farmers only account. Uh, DMs are wide open, ladies. Hey. He's on Christian Mingle too, people. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, but seriously, y'all, thank you so much for listening. Reed Bauer, thank you so much for joining us. We got to say a big thank you to our buddy Mike Floyd, who uh, this couldn't happen without. Mike Floyd, you the man. Although he lives in Birmingham, he's a huge Razorback fan and uh, supports the hogs and supports your boys right here on the Big C, Bigger T podcast. So thank you, Mike. And uh, folks, it's game week. Get fired up. Call those hogs next week. Cincinnati going down. Number four in the nation last year. Yeah, let's let them yeah. going down to our piggies because Reed Bauer is going to, 
He's going to kick one so high when the guy catches it, he won't have a head left. He's going to get his head taken off, decapitated. Okay, that's a little gross. Yeah. We don't want that to happen. (laughs) (laughs) But he's going to get hit real hard, and he may have to cry to his mama. How about that? Get it. Owie. Folks, have a great week, and go Hogs. Sweat. One. When I work, my hands get filthy down in this dirt Won't see no harvest till I hurt Cry in your kingdom come Listen I wake up in the morning I bow my head to pray Mama told me if I don't Ain't nothing gonna change These prayers breaking up hard drive So I can sow the seed